Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages, uh, this is Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am the aforementioned Tony Visick. You are the audience. Um, let's kick it in gear. This is your daily, daily reprieve from all the anger, anxiety, and hoopla going on in the world today. We come to you on three platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com for you that are purely audiophiles, YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel, and of course here on Facebook Live. So we come to you on uh, three platforms and we offer three things every day. We offer uh, answers to your questions and comments as you post them on one of those three platforms. Uh, we uh, share with you some bobble. Uh, <laughs> I tip my hand. <laughs> some bobble, some bobble, some memento, some autograph, some trinket, something that, uh, some piece of memorabilia that I have laying around the home office. Uh, we offer and maybe share a little story about that. And we recommend two artists or piece of music based on our vast vinyl album collection. And I got a couple of weird ones today. So, um, Anyway, it's good to see you back. It's good to be back. It's good to another day in paradise. Uh, we come to you out of uh, uh, greater Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and uh, yesterday was the first time in, I want to say a week, maybe 10 days, that the temperature in Phoenix dipped below 90. Now, let me be clear on this. Not the first time it dipped below 90 during the day, because that didn't happen that was at night in a good part of phoenix even the nighttime temperature never got below a 90 hello eric snyder hello randy hello tina and mike lawson hello kevin brown glad to have all of you here uh, eric snyder says keep spewing brother i've known eric snyder since uh, the early 80s when he and i were um young guns when we were fat fast when we were footloose and fancy three. You know, if I would just learn to talk slower, I would sound smarter because I wouldn't make stupid sentence mistakes. That's a lot of S. That's a lot of S's. Uh, Young Guns attending uh, bar in um, uh, Brentwood, California, next to UCLA. Uh, he says Vegas is Hades 2. Um, not Hades 2 as in Hades 1 and Hades 2. 2 as in as well. Um, so hi to everybody. Um so uh, yesterday, I don't think, but I have a pool and uh, I have a pool filter. You got to have a pool filter if you have a pool. I guess you don't have to have one, but if you don't, in short order, your pool becomes unusable. Um, it just becomes a putrid, festering pond of disease without a filter. Uh, but many years ago, the uh, timer broke on it. And me being the cheap bastard, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just turn it on, turn it off. What the hell? So the only time I've been out, I was outside yesterday was to uh, turn on the pool filter. The day got away from me. Uh, this one's starting to get away from me, but it's all getting away in a, good, in, a, in a good way. Fortunately for me right now, and I hope for you as well, as uh, Shirley and I have totally restructured our lives to be able to, be, uh, to uh, survive and hopefully thrive during uh, this current uh, crisis, American crisis. And right now, it is more of an American crisis than world crisis as we see the uh, tragic growth in numbers of uh, positive cases and deaths. Um, as we've done all of that, there's days that I can't get to the good stuff because I had to get to the better stuff. There's pain in the ass stuff. Um, you know, there's dealing with uh, uh, government entities. 
uh, getting forms filled out, signing them online. I'm waiting to see right now if um, this city that I'm in, which is right outside of Phoenix, Maricopa, Arizona, was granted several million dollars uh, to give grants to small businesses. Today is the day that they will... Um, hello, Jim Lacey. Today is the day the city of Maricopa will be uh, announcing who got those grants. And we, uh, we applied for a rather small one. You know, part of my problem in life is I don't think I deserve anything good. I think a lot of you feel the same way. You know, maybe you're kind of raised with that sort of ethic. Uh, there were a lot of uh, depression era people in my life when I was a kid. Great people taught you a lot of good things, but they also taught you, you know what? Just be happy you got some food. Don't complain about the food on your plate. Just eat it. I don't care if it's potatoes with a side of potatoes and a potato dessert. You eat your potatoes. Um, because of that, you know, I never feel like I should be able to ask for anything. Then I look and see the people who um, have deservedly got grants, and I go, we deserve it too. So we'll see if we got one. If we did, I'll be announcing it um, on the show as soon as I find out. If we didn't, I'm going to raise holy hell because it was a small grant we asked for to cover some legitimate costs. So uh, the weird thing about right now is the government is, uh, the United States, there was a great quote by Winston Churchill about America, Americans, and the United States. And the quote was, you can always count on the United States to do the right thing after they've tried everything else. So uh, when this pandemic first hit, and city after city after county after state began to do lockdowns and shutdowns. When that began to happen, the federal government did respond with a massive stimulus package that some say saved 51 million jobs. Without that, without that stimulus package, uh, there would be, uh, if you think there's been uh, protests in the streets right now, my goodness. It'd be easy for people to protest in the street without the stimulus package because that's where they would be living, in the street. So they did some really good things. They, it was a great fireman's response to a raging fire. The large stimulus package and uh, an emergency federal $600 a week attached to every unemployment claim filed. That was good. That was good because it was an emergency. You know, and in an emergency, when, you know, when the, boat is, when the boat is sinking, everybody gets in line, you know, in the bucket brigade. And when the house is on fire, the same thing. Everybody's lined up on the bucket brigade, passing buckets from the well all the way forward to the fire. But now, over the last few months, there's been so much misinformation. And once again, so much uh, uh, political tribalism setting in that we'll see if they do the right thing. And... Getting unemployment was not easy for everyone, but it was easier. And even people for whom it took a long time, when they legitimately had a right to that 600 bucks, they got a check that covered from the time they filed all the way up. I know someone who filed and it took them a couple of months, but then they got a check for 7,200 bucks. So they did the right thing through that. Okay. But now they're arguing and now they're fighting. Okay, and let's be absolutely clear. For those that are still unemployed, that $600 is still needed along with their state unemployment. That's needed. All right? 
for those who are applying for grants, the grant writers need to be, the grant writers need to be pretty, pretty generous in their interpretation of who should get a grant and who shouldn't get a grant, especially when it comes to small businesses and individuals. I'm talking small, everybody says that small business is the backbone of the American economy. Yet time and time again, we see small businesses shoved to the end of the line when it comes to the government responding to a crisis. So I know that there's bills floating around in the House and the Senate right now uh, between $1.3 trillion and $3 trillion. How much, and by the way, with this current federal government we have, there's no accountability for so much of the money. But uh, we'll find out if we got the grant. I certainly hope the city uh, saw that uh, we deserve it. It's a small grant. Um, there's money that is available out there. One of the things that kind of upsets me and, and, uh, and, and saddens me, to be honest with you, is uh, the amount of money that is available to corporations companies, businesses, and citizens that the normal everyday person is not made aware of. Now, you can go with some sort of uh, up from the bootstraps kind of idea of, well, you know what, you work for your money. And that's pretty much what we do, by the way. Okay, that's pretty much what we do here at ComedySchools.com. But the other one is those are our tax dollars. It's our government. And if they're able to find an effective way to funnel everybody's little bit of tax into a large enough fund that they're able to help people who are then able to keep the economy going, then they should be more proactive about it. Why is the United States government, why isn't the United States government, why isn't your state, why isn't your county, why isn't your city making all of you on a regular basis aware of grants and options that are available to you why do you have to find them on your own it's a travesty it's a damned travesty i also put up something i know this ain't the normal show normally i'm just goofing off i also put up something uh on my facebook page uh last night uh and i talked about it yesterday and i'm gonna follow through um and i put up that it's time for ppp loans to be made available to new businesses so right now, uh, the PayPal Protection Act, those loans, PPP loans, all right, are only available to businesses that existed. You can, if you had payroll between February and I think April of 2020, if you were active, you're eligible for a PPP loan. That's pretty good. You know what? They did a good job with that, with those forgivable loans. There's, they're writing the rules as they go. It's still a mess. But uh, they're really working to clarify the mess. Here's the problem. Of the $600 billion made available through the PPP, uh, made available of PPP loans, there's still $130 billion available. Because the process for many were too cumbersome. Some didn't understand it. Some were leery. Uh, In worst case scenarios, large organizations that didn't need the money you know what? I don't blame them. You're running a large organization. You're in a place with 5,000 employees. You're making payroll. You're making a profit. You're, uh, and I don't know that they applied for one. You're Walmart. Okay. You're a health, you're an insurance industry, but it's made available to you. So you go, all right, this is something they're doing. Let's see if we qualify. Next thing you know, the money's in the bank. Now, some of them gave it back. 
Some of them gave it back. Whether they should or shouldn't have uh, is debatable in my mind's eye. In that case, it did look like wealthy people getting wealthier off something designed for smaller organizations. The problem with those loans were it took a really long time for small entities to be able to access them and get approved. But it happened. There's still $130 billion available. Now, if you've started a business in April or May or June or July, if you at one time worked for a restaurant, if you were managing a Taco Bell that is shut down or the business is cut down so much that they've laid you off, and you went home and you looked at your wife or you went home and you looked at your husband or you went home and you looked at your partner, you said, wow, um, the unemployment will run out. You know, and uh, this is really unstable. Who knows when the restaurant industry is going to come back full? We need to start our own business. And you decided to start, you know, Petey's Pies. Said, you know, we've always liked making pies. And we got this great big oven over here. And you started Petey's Pies on uh, eBay and Facebook Live and Instagram. And delivered pies in your area. Our Rick's Recipes, where you created a recipe book. And you went, all right, we're out of work at the restaurant where we worked at. As a matter of fact, they shut down. They're gone forever. Unemployment is still double digits. And let me tell you something. The entire time that Donald J. Trump was running for president, he claimed that the unemployment numbers, which were very good, below 4%, for a good part of Barack Obama's administration, goes, well, that, that's a lie. We all know that. What's probably true is it's probably a double digits. And the right wing grabbed onto that. Yet now, when we see an 11.2%, which is abysmal, which is horrible, which is a nightmare, okay, 11.2% unemployment number, they're going, that's great. By the way, that only counts people, that only counts people who had jobs and filed for unemployment. So, someone who's worked in a business that went out of business and now doesn't have a job can go, we're going to start our own business. We're going to start a yoga class online. We're going to start a delivery business. I'm going to start a trash hauling business. That's what's going to keep the economy floating because that's what Americans, that is. <laughs> Eric Snedder's at a Rick's Coffee Shop. Get that menu from Lance Lane. You were great in that play. There's a play I did in the early 80s. I was totally coked out there in that entire play. <laughs> and not drinking. <laughs> All right. You threw me off there, Eric. Hey. What's going to keep this economy going is our noggins, our brains, all right? Because that's what Americans do. We come up with ideas and we act on those ideas. We come up with ideas and we act on those ideas. My friend Lance Lane, who we talked about here, wrote a play in the early 80s. He wrote it, then he casted it and directed it. We did the play. People paid to come out and see the play. That's how America works. Someone acts on their ideas. So I want all of you, if you want to, and Eric Snyder said you did your best work, coked out and sober. <laughs> Talk about tongue-tied and twisted. I want all of you, if you will, to just drop a line to your local, to your local national representative, your House of Representative member, uh, your senator, saying extend PPP loans to new businesses. Okay? All right. Wow. Wow. I didn't think I was going to do all that, but I did. Hey, let's get to the stuff. Uh, Jim Lacey says, Obama turned unemployment over to Trump of uh, 4.7%. He brought it from 10% to 
Trump back to back up to 11.9. Absolutely. And by the way, if they will act on that, if Joe, if Jane Doe and John Doe know that if they start a new small business right now and they can get a forgivable PPP loan by hiring, even if it's that they're hiring themselves, okay, and then start paying tax, Social Security, et cetera, all that, doing it that way, that's what will get this economy moving. Uh, Jim Lacey says Obama did this while stopping two pandemics in their tracks, Ebola and HN1, which also was known as SARS, I think. I made a lot of SARS jokes back in the day. People forget how prevalent and uh, concerned we were with SARS. But yes, you know what? We always had this feeling in America when we heard about these sorts of things. Ebola, we heard about malaria breaking out somewhere or smallpox breaking out somewhere, okay? Or when Ebola broke out or we hear about bubonic plague, we think, you know what? This country knows how to deal with those things. This country, we've all thought that, haven't we? Isn't that what we all thought? Remember when you'd read in the paper about Ebola in Africa or SARS in the Mideast? Or you'd read about some sort of malaria outbreak somewhere? Remember, remember how you'd read about that in the paper? Your morning coffee and go, well, thank God I live in the United States. Well, you know. By the way, oftentimes it was the United States dealing in those regions so it wouldn't come to the United States. Do you remember that? Do you know that during TB and polio outbreaks in this country in the 30s and 40s and 50s, if you had uh, tuberculosis and you were in your house, they would put a big red sign in your house saying no one can enter this house, no one can leave? You know, there are stories of people having to visit their parents through windows just like now, but they dealt with it. They stopped it. We thought we were safe in America. That's what we thought. Instead, instead, we have one of the most largest, ugliest, serious, almost out of control outbreaks on the entire planet. And while we do that, our federal government fiddles. While we do that, our federal government, in the guise of the Republicans who actually control the purse strings right now, because you can't get it past the Senate or Trump's signature. So they go, well, we don't know if that'd be a good idea. Here's a good idea. Keep people in their homes. Keep food in their refrigerator. Keep them safe. And keep them safe from the virus. What do you have to do to keep people in their homes? What do you have to do to keep food in the refrigerator? What do you have to do to keep them safe? And what do you have to do to keep them safe from the virus? And once you figure those things out without I'm right wing or left wing or what I believe or my interpretation of the Constitution, <laughs> you do them. And I truly believe that come November, come November, kind of like the, uh, the old Jerry Jeff Walker song, or, come November, things will be all right, come November, Trump will be out of sight. Okay, so uh, uh, we spent four lonely years getting kicked in the rear by a bunch of right-wing nuts. Hey, Jim, how do you like that? I just did a, a song parody to come Monday. Um which is a beautiful tune, by the way. Um, and I believe, it, is, it, is it Jerry Jeff Walker who did Come Monday, Jim? Was it Jerry Jeff Walker or was it... Um, no. No, who did it? 
Huh? Jerry Jeff Walker. Yeah. Um, I saw Jerry Jeff Walker once. I saw this was the lineup for the Jerry Jeff Walker show. I saw it was uh, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Jerry Jeff Walker, and the Grateful Dead. And that was that was a trippy concert, even if you weren't high. For me, it was trippy in uh, 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 many different ways. I actually uh, got up. I was a young man still living in St. Louis, Missouri, right before I moved to uh, Los Angeles. And I drove my car from St. Louis to Kansas City, went to Arrowhead Stadium, saw that great concert, and drove back the same day. I should have been arrested 400 times. Hey, um, what time is this show? Where are we? I, went, I got on a soapbox today. What are we looking at? 2.23. All right. I just get time to show you real quick a bobblehead. There you go. Here's the bobblehead. And it's a cool bobblehead because look at the wide base on it. Okay. Look, uh, hold on. We got to go to more stuff here. Eric Snyder says, I have a bar in Vegas and we got shut down. Biggest problem we had, Tone, was getting people to wear a mask. It's almost got violent at times. Idiots making it political. I have learned in my 60 years. Hold on. I got to go to Seymour. On this planet that you cannot fix stupid. I mean, there has to be a major crackdown on that. Look, I was for the protest. I wasn't for the burning down of people's businesses. People go, well, you want jobs. You go, well, you, you just burnt down the job. So it's going to be a problem. You know, since you burnt down half the uh, businesses, uh, you've made it so that the business can't operate because you blocked up all the streets. And they had to go bankrupt because of the pandemic and no one could get to their business. So I was, I'm against that violence, okay? Those people that burnt down businesses need to go to jail. They do. And by the way, the people that cause shit in clubs uh, uh, and bars and restaurants and stores because they uh, don't, they don't want to wear a mask because it, re- it restricts my freedom. Your freedom is really going to be restricted now because if this virus gets more out of hand, this lockdown will be stricter and longer than the previous one. Stricter and longer than you can possibly imagine. And then damage will be done. All right, I'm trying to get to the bobblehead. But you know what? Thank you, Eric, for saying that. My heart goes out to you, brother, okay? Uh, and I know you got a bar in Vegas. and It's people like you, by the way, that I think about. Uh, I'm a small businessman. You're a small businessman. Uh, I don't have bricks and mortar anymore. I've got a saying in my life. Uh, if you have a brick and mortar business, you got to be careful because the bricks and mortar can all fall on your head. But uh, for my friends, they have brick and mortar business. It's just heartbreaking, you know? And then you try to open up. And then you have people in there uh, causing all sorts of ugliness over a stupid thing like a small piece of cloth over their face for a short period of time. It's just stupid. Okay, what's not stupid is this bobblehead. Okay, and this is uh, Patrick Corbin. I know nothing about him. I just know it's a cool bobblehead because he's got a big base. Okay, so uh, they put some money into that. All right, uh, we got to wrap up real quick. I'm going to recommend two pieces of music and not talk about them. I'm not really recommending the first one. I think I'm torturing you for, with the first one. Okay, and the first one is uh, Captain and Tennille. Do you remember how much you disliked the Captain and Tennille? Do you remember how often the Captain and Tennille were played on the radio and were on television and you could not stand Captain and Tennille? Here's the thing. uh, This is a Spanish language album. Okay, por amor, uh, I can't read it. Can you read that, por favor, what? Hold on, my wife's trying to read it. She can't see it. Now she's taking the album. Now I don't even have an album to talk to you about. I did not realize when I got the album that was a Spanish language album of the Captain and Toenail. 
Uh, and she out. No one can hear you. All right. We're never going to know. All right. But this is the captain of Tennille. And um, all right. So a uh, hell blames on drums, by the way. If uh, uh, you want to know something kind of cool. Uh, that's right. Uh, and I don't even know what the songs are. So now I've really told you, I'm going to record this and I'm going to play it. I bet you we don't copyright infringement. I'll play it here. Um, so I don't even know what these songs are on here. But uh, this is the Captain and Tennille in Spanish with uh, apparently two dogs that they've kidnapped. Okay? Love. Love will keep us together. Eric Snyder says, where's your Jack Clark bobblehead? Uh, let me see this, uh, Eric. I only have the bobbleheads that I uh, find in uh, local curio shops, if you will. Okay? And uh, I don't collect them, so I don't seek any out. I am not a collector of bobbleheads. No one better say I'm a collector of bobbleheads. That is a lie. I just happen to have uh, a lot of them. But I'm not like now ordering them on the internet and shit. I don't want to do that. I would like to. Ha I would love to have a Jack Clark bobblehead. My birthday is coming up. Um, the next one we're going to talk about is something kind of cool. But uh, you talk about a, um, a poorly designed album cover for a great artist. Here it is. So you're going, what the hell is that? Okay. This is almost like one of those albums. You could show it in certain groups to go, you know, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. Who's that laying on the beach with his shirt pulled up all over his belly? Okay. Barefooted with the guitar next to him like he's asleep. That's none other than B.B. King. That is B.B. King. And this is an early 1972 album. What a lot of people forget is that B.B. King was not the big star that we think of him as till a late, little later in the 70s and 80s. So this album, which was put out on uh, ABC Records, Dunhill, was called Guess Who? Uh, I don't know who I guessed with that picture. Orca? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought this would be a good idea for an album cover for this brilliant, sensitive, fantastic musical artist? Here were the songs he played, though. It was Summer in the City, Just Can't... Summer in the City. Okay, the 11 Spoonful tune. Just Can't Please You Any Other Way. You Don't Know Nothing About Love. Found Out What I Need. Neighborhood Affair. Side two is It Takes a Young Girl. Now, this album's got... This album's double trouble. Okay? First off, it's denigrating um, uh, people who uh, are... Uh, are weight challenged, okay? I believe that it is a, um, a poor representation of uh, uh, a group of people. And on side two, it kicks off with it takes a young girl. Ow! Better loving man, guess who? Should have left me in five long years. And I think five long years he redid later to uh, great effect. So um, I can be honest with you, uh, both of these albums today we have not listened to. But we're going to listen to him and get back to you. My feeling is with this B.B. King album, you're still going to hear some of the greatest blues ever. You should YouTube B.B. King doing Summer in the City. I'd love it if at least one time some of you guys would YouTube some of the songs we recommend, listen to them, then get back to us what you thought about it. Because sometimes we recommend some bizarre and esoteric stuff. Um, I was going to say uh, shit, but uh, my lawyer's watching. I want to sound smart. So, ha, ha, ha. So let's YouTube B.B. Uh, King doing Summer to City, 1972. All right. Uh, let's YouTube It Takes a Young Girl and see what that's about. Like I said, this came out in 72, so recorded in 71. Early B.B. King. Um, anyway, look, we got to run.
We got to run. I kind of got on a soapbox today. Uh, if you're ever going to um, share this show, yeah, Lauren, a little too late. But you know what? Or maybe early for tomorrow. Uh, if you're ever going to share a show, I'd love it if you share this one because I think a lot of things that we talked about at the beginning were important for you and I as individuals, for small businesses, for the country. Okay? Uh, write your congressman. Tell them that you want the PPP uh, loan program extended to new businesses that are starting during the pandemic. That's right. Didn't I say 11 Spoonful, Eric? Or did I say some other band? 11 Spoonful. Hot town, summer in the city. I live in a hot town. It is summer in the city. And I'm going to be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time with another full show of fun stuff. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line with Tony Vizic. Bye-bye.